Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. For the sake of those sons and daughters of mine in colleges, in, 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 in institutions of higher learning, in tertiary institutions, I'd like to mention uh, one more person apart from Joseph and David, the man Daniel. Just like many in different universities today, Daniel and his companions spent three years learning the language and the literature of the Chaldeans in the University of Babylon. They came out with Bachelor of Science degree in Wisdom and Strategic Thinking. <laughs> but after the exams, the king received them into his presence and he tested them with hard questions like Queen Sheba did with Solomon. And in all the questions they were asked, none was as wise as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were 10 times wiser than all the astrologers and wise men of Babylon. Why? Because they denied themselves for 10 days to prove a point. Please know that Daniel and his companions were not the only students in that college. However, the time these four spent purposing in their hearts not to defile themselves with the king's portion of meat and drink, the time they spent in self-denial, in self-preservation, in self-preparation, in personal development, ultimately yielded great results when golden opportunities presented themselves. Prof, I'd always ask them this question. I will ask it again. The day the three Hebrew boys refused to bow before the golden statue on the plain of, da uh, of Daura. Dura. Dura. I almost said Daura, sorry. <laughs> the golden statue on the plain of Dura. It sounds alike, okay. <laughs> At the sound of Dulcima, if you not bow, you born. And the three of them refused to bow. Where was Daniel? Was he on vacation? Did he refuse to come to the parade when all were expected? Where was he? This is my humble opinion. I wasn't there. Neither were you there. 
But my humble opinion is when Daniel recalled the dream that the king did not remember and interpreted it, and it was the blueprint of that golden statue that the king now used to erect this on the plains of Dura, when the parade occurred, Daniel was on the high table with the king. Why? The king had prostrated before him. He cannot make him do what he doesn't want to do anymore. Tell your neighbor, I'm an exception to the rule. 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 Even when I have to obey the rule, I will submit to God. Oh, king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Our God, whom you serve, is able to. I'm sure the adrenaline in Daniel will be pumping that. They say, go for it, guys. Go for it, guys. Go for it. Your God is going to show up. And Nebu, <laughs> Nebu made a mistake. Nebu made a mistake. He said to the generals, I want you to hit the furnace up seven times more. When it was just four or five times, it was not hot enough for God to enter. When it got to the seventh degree, God said, that's my fire. This is not my fire. <laughs> you understand? Nebu did not know fire does not burn fire. That those people were on fire for God. And throwing them inside fire cannot happen. See, just the same way they threw Daniel into the lion's den. Lions don't eat lions. Daniel displays such wisdom that held and put the whole of Babylon in his grips for 60 years uninterrupted. We'll fix Nigeria. (laughs) This nation will flourish in my lifetime. This nation will work in my lifetime. In the mighty name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor this is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your time. Your enemies will testify. Self-denial, self-preservation. Personal, look, I could have put my hands in so many things. It wasn't that they were not offered. It's that I died to them. Because how can you give me a portion of a whole that belongs to me? I would have shortchanged myself. When they dangled the carrot, it looks like big money. But the whole thing is yours. Why settle for less than the best? Talking about identifying your opportunities and seizing them. I want to relay these seven things to you. Write them down and don't forget them. Points to ponder. My dearest sons and daughters in our common faith, today's opportunities will catch you by surprise. Do you understand me? Opportunities will always catch you by surprise so that if you are not alert, if you are not ready, you will miss them. Imagine David listening to the threats of Goliath. He will not seize that opportunity because every one of them, including the king, they were hiding in the cave. Opportunities will spring a surprise on you. They will come when you least know. That's why it must be repaired in advance. What others saw in Joseph, in David, in Daniel, 
had actually been there all along. If you are true leader, you already possess the talent necessary to lead. You are true leader. Those things are already there. You need to go to those who can help you fine tune them like prof. Those who can properly mentor you and bring that thing inside of you out so that when the day of examination comes, you are not panicking. Examination is loaded with opportunities. No test, no testimonial. Do you understand me? Number two, please note that the talents and the divine endowments possessed by leaders are latent. They are like potential energy. It takes understanding and courage to then turn them into kinetic energy. Their potentials in you, they are latent. They are ready within you. But it will take courage to turn them into kinetic energy. Proverbs 20, verses 4 and 5. Proverbs chapter 20, verses 4 and 5. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. What will happen to him? He will beg during harvest and have nothing. Now next verse. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding withdraw it out. If you can submit yourself to those who have understanding and operate in that realm, they will help you draw it out. And when you need it, you'll be skillful enough to deploy it. Proverbs 24, 34. Proverbs 24, verse 34. Now that's not adding up. Go on top of it. Give me 33. Aha. A little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. What is the relevance of this? When others are attending courses, are paying for training, you have the purchase price of wisdom, but you're a fool. And the Bible has a question. Why is there the purchase price of wisdom in the hand of a fool? Since he has no heart for it. You prefer to sleep. You prefer to slumber. Do you understand me? And, and then you want us to be in the same class. Uh, this, you may not believe it. But I will say my own. We are not going, there will be class in heaven. No. <laughs> if you don't believe it, if you think we are going to, then it's, it's not. It's a, everyone shall receive the reward for what he has done in the flesh. It can't be the same party take away, party pack. No. Are we the same on earth? No. Are we going to be the same in heaven? He shall warm you. Add to me, Jehovah. He shall warm you. Add to me, Jehovah. You refuse to apply yourself to labor. The Bible says, whatsoever they lay their hands upon shall prosper. You know, idiots talk, idiots, they talk of multiple streams of income. Hmm? 
without applying their heart to the dynamics of labor involved to birth it. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of... Are you planted? You put 10, 10 iron inside fire at the same time, you call it multiple streams of... You are stupid. The secret of success is doing one thing well. That will buff other things. This one thing I do. Mary has chosen one thing that is needful. What is the one thing in your life? That's what will buff other things. Not doing this business, doing that business, doing this business, doing five businesses at the same time. It doesn't work that way. If you care to know, the leaders will revert most that walk on pages of history through timely display of courage, either in the battlefield or in the boardrooms, they did so because of preparation. Do you know what courage is? You think courage is braggadocio? The area boys are fighting and you are going to stop them because you have chest? No. Courage is character under fire. That when your character is tested, you remain rugged. Write this down. When you attempt what nobody else thought possible. Whenever you attempt what nobody else thought possible, your leadership skills will shine forth. What were you doing in Uganda? Prof. What were you doing in Uganda? Why Uganda? You have not covered Nigeria. You have not even covered Lagos. But deep was calling on to deep. And if this thing is going to go around Africa, somebody must be willing to pay the price. Do you know that when Prof got to Lagos, he was riding Okada. He had no cow. From America, having him a professor. He was going on Okada, catching Okada. Nobody will see that. That's the preparation that will meet opportunity one day. And then when you hear institute of this and that and that and it's teaching and it's going like this and you think uh, you can also repeat the same thing oh yeah come on board was my classmate in secondary school he has told me not to tell this story anymore I was the one debating for the school and we're getting laurels but two schools invited us same day uh, African Church Grammar School and Abelkuta Grammar School. And because I've been in Abelkuta Grammar School several times, and, and one day I decided to go to African Church Grammar School, that was where Benga Daniel and I met for the first time. Aladdin Adekbita said, I will go and represent you at Abelkuta Grammar School. Just write, it's the same topic, write it out for me. I wrote it out for him, and he crammed it, 
And the night before, he repeated it before me. I said, perfect. Just, just retain your confidence tomorrow. He said, when he got there and saw the hole, <laughs> everything he has come just... As a distinguished ladies and yes, fellow debaters, he said he couldn't. He just ran through the hall. <laughs> Number three, someone here may say, like the Yoruba people, that is the lame man wants to dance. The different type. Ta- styles of dancing that are littered in him but because he's lame that's his predicament these are excuses we heap on ourselves to explain away our failures how many lame people had won the Olympics of, the, of those who are otherwise able they have another proverb Ibawa otani usi that they have gone, but they don't have bullets. Uh, such excuses are nothing but attempts at explaining away your failures. Did David bring any weapons to the battle that day? Did he have any sword? Did he have any spear? Even the smooth stones he picked, it was the brook that refined the stones, not him. He brought all that he had. Shepherd's staff, shepherd's bag, and shepherd's pouch. Oh, say that with me. Shepherd's staff, shepherd's bag, and shepherd's pouch. Look at how serious uh, this person understood. We are excited. He understood types and shadows. He took five smooth stones. God was guiding his hand wittingly because there were five giants in the land of the Philistines. He chose five smooth stones, but he used one. His assistants will use the remaining four. Do you understand? Then he took the five smooth stones and put them in the shepherd's pouch. And then took the shepherd's pouch and put it in the shepherd's bag. What, what are you doing, David? What are you doing? Mary team, I hope you're hearing me. How can you? You are face to face with battle. Right on the battlefield. The weapons you intend using. You first put them in a pouch. Then you put them in a shepherd's bag. Why don't you just use them? No. My life is healed with Christ in God. Do you understand me? So when he took just one... Goliath said, am I a dog? What are you? That you are coming against me with staff? Am I a dog? And he began to curse him in the name of his gods. Listen to this. Look at how heavily fortified Goliath was. The only space he left just for him to be able to yeah. see if he could see. The only space he left was what God needed. Yeah. When God is ready to destroy your enemy, they will use their own hands. You know, they, they will try to... Th- 
I always like to rehearse it like this. And David jumped on Goliath and said, excuse me your sword, please. May God give the weapon of your enemy into your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus. Don't use those excuses. Don't explain away your poverty. Confront your poverty with God's riches and abundance. Don't explain it away. Number four. This is critical. Please don't confuse opportunism with opportunity. Don't confuse opportunism with opportunity. There are too many opportunists in the church and in the world. Opportunism and opportunity are different. They're not the same thing. Let us define both of them for clarity's sake. Are you ready? This is Webster Dictionary. This is not Dossier the Lord. Opportunity by definition is a stroke of fortune which presents itself and can either be grasped or lost. Opportunity, by definition, is a stroke of fortune which presents itself and can either be grasped or lost. That is, opportunity is a circumstance providing a chance or possibility. Opportunity is a circumstance providing a chance or possibility. How about opportunism? Listen to it very well. Opportunism is a practice of grasping at opportunities without regard for moral considerations. Opportunism is a practice of grasping at opportunities without regard for moral considerations. It is a practice of adjusting your policy in the light of each new situation as it arises and not according to principle or plan. An opportunist or one who is opportunistic is a man or woman who practices opportunism. Look at what made Esther the queen. The queen. I love the story of Esther. If you read in your Bible what happened, you will understand what made Esther the queen. You want to find out? Was it her beauty? No, how beautiful women. What was a, uh, a competitive edge? Esther chapter 2, verse 12 to 18. I want to show you the difference between opportunism and opportunity. Esther chapter 2, 12 to 18. Each young woman's turn came to go into King Ahasuerus after she had completed 12 months preparation according to the regulations for the women. For those were the days of their preparation apportion. Six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Many preachers do not understand this. That the purpose of the anointing is not to show off. 
that the purpose of the anointing is to cover the filthiness of the flesh. That it will take a whole year to prepare a queen or a woman for one night stand with the king. Just to appear. One year preparation. So that all the filthiness, all the wrinkles are all gone before going before the king. Let's read further. Thus prepared, each one woman went to the king and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the women's quarters to the king's palace. Can I explain that to you? The person in charge of the uh, of the ladies will bring them to a perfume parlor and say, choose what you like. Many of them opportunism kicked in. They began to grasp. What's the name of your perfume? Opium? Poison? Huh? Seduction? You buy them. Oh, you buy them. Obsession and passion. They say, perfume, Luto buy. Guru, Baba, Guru. So he put one in the air, put one in the nose, put one here, put one in the hands. Put. By the time she got to the king, the king was confused. <laughs> but the time came for Esther. Watch this. In the evening, she went in. In the morning, she returned to the second house of the women to the custody of Shazgash. I'm coming to decode that for you. Because there were two eunuchs involved. One was to prepare them. The other was to fleece them. I will show you their names. To the custody of Shazgash. The king's eunuch who kept the concubines. Uh, do you understand? They had become concubines. Is the difference between Belgium and France or Germany. When you get to Germany, you buy brand new. When you get to Belgium, you buy Tokumbo. <laughs> Use car. Do you understand me? Okay. God. Again, unless the king delighted in her and called for her by name, she would never come again. Now, when the tongue came for Esther, the daughter of the Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing. But what a guy, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. The rest packed all kinds of perfume they put in the head, they put in the nose, they put in the mouth, cascara, mascara. A dilapidated house needs a lot of painting. You understand me? They, they painted it heavy. When they, uh, they uh, oh, <laughs> you, no, no, so no, Shangisha, go to Shangas. <laughs> you have wasted my money, just go to Shangas. Uh, is this your real self? Otilele, in the plaza of Paris, Otilele, in brown cake, red cake, perfume, Have you seen, has it ever happened to you? You stay with people and you want to throw up. Because of the concussion, the bleaching, and all that they have done to their skin. You look at their fingers. It's neither black, nor white, nor yellow, nor green. Look, you look at their neck. So you, you. 
You understand me? She was not a bleach. I think they add bleach to white to white to be whiter. Exactly. You want to bleach? No, it's, it's skin toner. Esther did not request for anything except what the advice, like the type of the Holy Spirit. He knows what perfume would turn on the king and gave her that one. And when she appeared before the king, the king said, hey, here is my queen. That's the difference between opportunity and opportunity. They both had the same thing. Let me show you the names of the people. Quickly. Esther was new in the palace. She had never before met the king. How would she know what perfume turns the king on? Do you know what turns God on? knows what is in the spirit of man except the spirit of man. In like manner no man knows what is in the heart of God except the Holy Spirit. And when it begins to intercede for you according to the will of God you are in the epicenter of his will and then you please God. Let's look at the two names of the eunuchs in charge of the women who took part in this beauty contest. A guy a guy means meditation word groaning and separation. That's the meaning of the name. You can take your Bible dictionary, you'll find it there. A guy means meditation, word, groaning, and separation. That is, he was speaking word to them. They were meditating. But the ones who were opportunistic did not even listen to the word. Because, have you seen women who go to hotels? <laughs> Sorry. Every soap bar, every the one they will use, the one they will not use. You know? Yeah. What is the proof that they will know I came to Dubai? That I'm, I'm in Bojalara. Perfume. And then what they could, they will not use it. Those things were supposed to be used there and left there. <laughs> <laughs> Shazgas, I call him Shangisha. It means either presses the fleece or either shears the sheep. To fleece a sheep is to remove the coat or wool covering a sheep. So when you are under Shazgas, your covering is gone. That's what opportunism leads people into. Your covering will be blown and you become vulnerable to the enemy. Point number five. As Christians, even when opportunities present themselves, we must never jump at them without considering our moral compass and allow the Holy, allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in the choices we make. Even when opportunities present themselves, we are not led by opportunity. We are led by the Holy Spirit. Paul the Apostle said, When I came to Troas, and a door was opened before me by the Lord, I found no peace in my heart. I departed immediately from Macedonia. 2 Corinthians 2, 12-14. 2 Corinthians 2, 12-14. Listen to Paul the Apostle. 
Furthermore, when I came to where? Troas. To preach Christ's gospel. And a door was opened to me by who? By the Lord. I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Look, what is here? The Lord opened the door. Step in, my friend. He said, but there was a check in my spirit. I found no peace. God was testing whether I would be led by opportunity or led by the Spirit of God. We are not led by opportunities. We are led by the Spirit of God. Look at Acts 16. He said, we wanted to go to Maisha. The Holy Spirit forbid us. We wanted to go to Bithynia. The Holy Spirit forbid us. And then when we were sleeping at night in the place of rest, I saw a man of Macedonia saying, come to Macedonia and help us. Through there, the gospel got to Europe. God knows the timetable, the schedule. May I bother you with the word Troas and the word Macedonia is important. Macedonia means adoration. Troas means penetration. God knows when to penetrate. God knows when to adore. If you are led by opportunity, you just grab things and then it backfires on you. It backfires completely on you. And you have yourself to blame. But he went to Macedonia and then ended up in prison. Yes, because God had the pastor of the Philippian church in that prison. And that's the only way he'll be saved. All of you praying, God save my mother, God save my father, God save my... You don't know how he will save them. He sure will. He sure will. If you keep on interceding, he sure will. Can I hear amen? Here is my sixth point. I pray you can receive it. In matters of identifying your opportunity and seizing them, what will always precede how? What will always precede how? First Samuel 17. Let's go to David again. First Samuel 17, 26 and 27. First Samuel 17, 26 and 27. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, I can't hear you. I cannot hear you. What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, what was the preoccupation of David's mind here? What? If David was preoccupied by how, he would not move. You have seen the giant. You have seen his armor. You have seen the one in front of him like another giant carrying his shield. You have no weapon at all. If what does not hit you first and how hits you first, it will paralyze you like Zechariah. How can these things be? What must precede how? Don't let how intimidate you. That it has never happened before does not mean it cannot happen. God keeps on breaking his own record. 
Why should you not let how intimidate you? Because how is very challenging. If, if Gabriel did not intercept when Mary said, How shall this be? I know not a man. <laughs> the angel said to her, God does not need the seed of the man. He does not need the egg of the woman. He just needs your womb as incubator. Because if your egg is involved, it will be stained. Do you understand this? The Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Do you understand me? Don't let how intimidate you. Please write this down. Don't forget it. If how was not a problem, someone would have already figured it out. If how was not a problem, somebody else would have figured it out. If the pathway to success were worldly, it will already be crowded. If the pathway to success were already very lead and very brilliant and everybody can identify it, it will be crowded. The only reason God is asking you to go the extra mile is because there is no completed, I've taught you many times, there is no traffic jam there. There's no traffic jam on the extra mile. Nobody wants to go. So if you pay the price of going the extra mile, you have a free ride. The pathway to success is never well lit. That's why it's not crowded. And many people are intimidated by how they drop their award. This brings me to my last comment today, the last point. All progress in life begins with one question. What needs to be done. That's it. What? All progress in life begins with what needs to be done. And somebody needs to be asking the question, why not you and why not me? What needs to be done to fix Nigeria? What needs to be done to guarantee good governance in our land? What needs to be done to redistribute resources in this land and to restructure a lopsided country, economy, and polity. What needs to be done? Somebody needs to be asking that question and people of courage must rise and say, if not me, who? And if not now, when? Don't be intimidated by how. Focus your attention on what needs to be done. Time has come for you, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, to be alert in the spirit to identify your opportunities and to seize them with good hands. Be always ready to identify them and step in by faith. If I didn't obey God 30 years, there'll be no lateral and there'll be no citadel, global community church, because I obeyed. That obedience will become contagious. Don't limit your God. Don't limit yourself. Dare to dream, prepare now, and let opportunity miss your preparation. Seize your opportunity. David did not come to the battlefield wanting to fight, but he seized the opportunity. Daniel was not trying to outshine his classmates in the Babylonian University, but he seized the opportunity. Joseph was not trying to impress the king. In fact, the butler had forgotten him and all about him, 
But God kept him there still until the appointed time. He went to prison so that I would not be slave of Potiphar forever, become a subject of the state. When you commit a crime, there's a state versus. So he was already subject of the state. And Pharaoh can now appoint him to higher, higher platform that will cause even Potiphar to bow to him. For at the mention of the name of Joseph, every Egyptian must bow. And at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess. This is my third and final instruction to you. Identify your opportunities and seize them with both hands. Don't let how intimidate you. Do you understand me? Keep on asking the question, what needs to be done? Stand to your feet. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I thank you, Father of glory, King of kings, Lord of lords. Thank you for what you are doing in this house. Thank you as you bring dreams and visions and prophecies to your children. Grant them the spirit, the courage to go for it in the name of Jesus. That they may make a difference in a perverse and crooked world. Thank you, Father, that everyone who appears in Zion is strong. These people are not weak, they are strong. Grant them grace not to be intimidated by how, but to keep on asking what needs to be done. What must I do? What do I need to do? How do I make my own contribution? How will my impact be felt? How do I live this world better than I met it? How do I live this church better than I met it? How do I live lives that I trust better than I meet the people? Grant me grace, Lord, to make a difference in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And the people said, Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. I pray that the word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.